one of the comedy homies. Oh, uh, are we? You gotta do I guess. Akon and Young Jesus. Please don't take my fucking the one job I have in this town. Please don't take it. Uh, I saying <laughs> I started the singing before, and then you've taken it over since. Oh Sorry, I'm trying to get myself together. Sorry, I'm trying to set up our set, Sam. While you get to sit here and act like talent and relax. Oh, are we not recording? You were recording. Okay, always chaotic. Because listeners, hello, yeah. this is Sam Salem. Danny just, we will be having a pre-production meeting and then start. Danny just starts singing mm-hmm. and that signifies the start of the pod and I never, yeah. I'm never ready for that to happen. You're everything I need. You're everything I need. Is that that's a is that love song or God song? No, it's Casey and Jojo. Um, I mean, you know, you that I'm might even be the right. Is you it? think I'm listening to Casey and Jojo? You should be. I mean, I should be, but do you think I was exposed to that growing up? Yeah, you should be. Uh, hello and welcome to uh, the Callbacks Podcast. Yeah. Uh, this is your co-host, Sam Salem. Yeah. From the White Delegation. <laughs> and to my right, the camera's left. Yeah. Last name's Sellers, but you better start buying the yeah. stock now. Please. Deacon Dan, a.k.a. Little Dan Dan, a.k.a. Mental Health King. A.k.a. Mr. Put That Stuff On. I'm trying not to cuss this early in the podcast because you know oh, what? You I'm Danny going Sellers. corporate, bruh. You're going corporate? Yeah, I'm I mean, you are working for bigger productions these days. You're working with yeah. You're working with Kevin Hart. Yeah. Talk got, it. Say it. I'm going to say it. Say it if you're going to say it with your chest. You're working with Kevin Hart. What yeah. <laughs> also, I met your manager today. Where at? Barnes & Noble. Nice. Did he, did he like, oh, you look familiar? No, Ju- he knows... Julian Stern, he's been on the podcast, uh-huh. but he like they know each other. He's like, "This is Sam." He's like, "Oh, hey!" And then Julian was like, "This is Danny's manager." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I have a podcast with Danny." He's like, "Oh, okay." Phenomenal, yeah, your boy. Okay, so this, this is crazy. I was at a party last weekend, and some shorties was like, "Oh, uh, something about we went to school at the same place, but at a different time, or we knew each other yeah. from a different instance." Mm-hmm. And I said after they said that. I'm like, yeah, you got to be a really good person these days because the world is small. Yeah. And these two shorties was like, what do you mean by that? And I'm like, I'm not saying I'm a bad person, but I'm saying you have to be a good person because the world is small. And we had this 20-minute conversation. Maybe we're all also intoxicated. We had this 20-minute conversation about why would you say it like that? Why didn't you just say like— That seems like a very normal way to say it. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Maybe it's just because we're dudes and that's what it is. But I that, was, that unlocked a memory of mine. I'm like, hold on. I think you're just. I mean, I think you're saying. I, mean, I guess you did phrase it a little like in the negative. Sure. Like I guess I could see how someone could take it as like you got to be a good person these days because the way you made it sound. I, I guess that sounds like the cousin of like we all see the the older comedian that goes on stage. You can't say anything anymore. It's like <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You're right. You cannot say slurs anymore, sir. Yeah. So I get how they could kind of equate it to that, but what you were just saying was like, hey, it's actually just good practice. To be a be, good person. Be kind to everybody because you're going to run into that person again. Thank you. That's all I was... And when I tell you it was an 18-minute conversation and I made an excuse to leave Was it white women? Sam, yes! <laughs> These white women trying, yes. to, trying to twist a black man's word on, on, on Martin Luther King. Since the fucking... On Martin Luther King Jr.'s weekend? 1600s, brother. On the Martin Luther the King Jr.? I'm trying to find a Coretta. I'm not going to lie. Not on some Jonathan Major <laughs> shit, but like a nice... I need my. I need like a Coretta slash Trina. That's what I'm looking for. Like a, you know, oh. Coretta, like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Do you think you're worth a Coretta? 
Fat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Martin, I'm doing all the same shit Martin was doing at a lower scale. Martin was in the streets. I'm doing it, everything <laughs> Martin was doing at a lower... The, the, the greatest <laughs> civil rights leader. I'm doing everything Martin is doing I guess at I was a talking about scale. the extracurriculars. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what's also funny too when they say like, oh, Martin Luther King's up, you know, there's this FBI files of Martin Luther King, you know what I'm saying, in the streets. I'm like, okay, if I'm MLK, yeah, yeah. why not? Yeah, but, I heard that... Yeah, they did... They did say Martin Luther King Jr. was unfaithful, but I heard, was that true? Is that just the FBI tr trying to do something I, to undermine him even more? It was probably a little bit of both. Also, it's par for the course. In the 60s, 50s, all the way up until about 85, to the probably the inception of the pager at scale, it's second families in almost every black household. Reese, there's another person in the room, so I'm pointing at Reese. What's up? It's, it's additional niggas. Half brothers, half sisters, uncles, you don't even realize random. Okay, how is this name Johnson? But my name is Sally. Oh, well, actually, why does uncle so and so look light skinned? He got yellow eyes and you know, and good hair. And why does oh, well, actually, it's just what it is. You could cheat, you could cheat in peace back then. Okay, quit talking like you cheat. You're a good, morally upright I, man. I'm not saying I cheat, I don't. I'm just saying back then, MLK, that's par for the course. Okay. I love you, Martin Luther King Jr. I do too. This is the most chaotic start to a podcast we've had, I feel like. Because we have nothing to talk about other than Jonathan Majors and uh, Pete Buttigieg and uh, political... I, I will say... Sorry, I don't know why I said... I'm going to delete that. Sorry. I'm going to say Buttigieg. another political person. Um, I will say, so if you, if you tuned in mm -hmm. or tuned in, if you're British, to last episode... <laughs> Um, <laughs> is that British or Jamaican? Tune. I think that's Jamaican though. Choose, choose the tune, tune in. It's a massive tune. Okay. Tuned in on a Tuesday. Anyway, actor. Uh, Danny and I did a little rant about the Stanley Tumbler. Yeah, when the Stanley Tumbler Cup. Yeah, it went a little viral. Baby, there was yeah, like a baby, you know, little, you know, a couple hundred thousand views. <laughs> You know, some light. The the comments on it were really funny because people did really resonate with you and your love for Ready Yeti Gang. Yeah. But this is what's so funny to me is when you this reminded me because you just said we have nothing to talk about. A common comment on any podcast clip that people find like uninteresting, they just put, Yeah, let's start a podcast, bro. We yeah. should start a podcast. It's basically just saying like two bros just talking, like, dude, people need to hear this. Yeah. But it's like, sir. Look at the rest of these comments. Yeah. People are agreeing with us. Yeah. I will say the funny comment is these guys are saying, how dare you go after, like, how dare you love Stanley so much, yet they're wearing Carhartt hats. Yeah. And Nike shoes. Look, it's like, yeah, it's jokes. Don't it's take jokes, people. anything I say on this platform, this massive platform that we've built with our bare hands, serious. Okay. <laughs> that we A built lot. with our bare, bare hands. <laughs> the, yeah. You know what this platform has been through? A lot. Okay, so please don't take anything serious. Um, I got a haircut today on a Saturday. I got I'm a feeling too. I'm feeling dangerous. It's Saturday night, okay, Sam. So can I ask you a question about barbershop culture? I don't go to barbershop. Go ahead. Where do you go? I cut my own hair, dog. Aha. Aha. Okay. Go ahead. Finish. Good for you. You've been to barbershops, though. Yeah, of course, Sam. Okay. I grew up through like senior year of high school. Not seeing my crack. mom cut my hair. Okay, good. I was one of those kids. <laughs> really? Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, she would just, you know. But the take, scissors are, are. I had curly hair, so it was easier to mess up because it would just like kind of balance out anyway. She would just, I would like, we had tall back chairs that it was hard to reach over. So I'd sit on phone books and she'd cut my hair like on the deck. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes in the kitchen. Okay. So I don't feel. But barbershop's a very masculine place. Yeah. For the I, most part. I grew up three sisters, mm-hmm. you know, mom cutting my hair. I got my hair cut today. I'm one of those guys. I'm just so, I don't know. My hairline's starting to go back. It's starting to thin. So I need to kind of cut a specific way. Because if you just give it a normal fade on the side, it looks like my hairline's pushed all the way back. But I'm too, I'm so nervous in barbershops. <laughs> I'm so uncertain. <laughs> what? I just, I am always feel like, I feel like awkward being like, this is what I want. And then people mess it up. And I'm like, that's not what I want. But I feel too awkward being like, that's not what I want. And so I'll just go, like, I never go to, like, the same place. Or I'll go to, like, a Great Clips and have a different person every time. And sometimes it ends up being good and sometimes it's bad. Uh, but today, uh-huh. first off, let me backtrack. If if <laughs> if a barbershop has good customer service, they're probably not a good barbershop. Yeah, no. You, you need to walk in confused about who and what should be cutting your hair. So I called this place. Even if you already have an appointment. Yeah. So I called this place. I had the day off on Thursday. I'm like, I'm going to be productive. I called the barbershop. This guy whose English is not his first language, like, hello? And I'm just like, hey, do you guys take reservation? Yeah, when do you want? Nice. And I'm like, uh, Saturday or Sunday? When? Well, what's Saturday on Saturday? Uh, 9 a.m. Okay, I'll do 9 a.m. Okay, bye. It doesn't even take my name. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Nothing. It doesn't fucking matter. I show up at 8.54. I walk in. They're like, you have an appointment? I was like, yeah. They're like, yeah, he'll be here in a second. This guy who, again, English is not his first language. Cuts my hair in Latin a way. Latin or like Russian or like? Uh, yeah, speak Spanish. Okay. I don't know why I went with my hands. Yeah, like speak Spanish. Weird. Well, that's just like, yeah, you speak Spanish. Okay, go ahead. And, uh, you know, I hit him with a muchas gracias at the end. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, muchas gracias. <laughs> that's crazy. You bowed to him like he was a fucking samurai or something? Respecto. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get Sam cancelitaed. Cancelitaed is crazy. <laughs> I can, um, I can say that though. So he <laughs> he cut my hair very well. Uh-huh. I am just so uns and then I just left. How do you ask a man to be your permanent barber? You gotta just run it back at least four times before it's official. Okay. You know, you like highlight a girl, you gotta go on a certain amount of dates with a shorty to be like, this is my short, this is my lady. Okay, hold on. Let me let me take notes. Let me get the notepad out. Yeah. All right. This, so is free, this is free game for anyone who doesn't know how to, to to court a barber. Exactly. I don't want to date a barber. I want to court. We're courtship. You got to court them. So, boom. You got to also, you know, as a white man, you get your hair cut a lot less. But you're going to have to go a little bit more frequently just to get that report. Like once boom. every r- a quarter. At least a quarter. Well, oh, like four times. That, I was like. You know, how often do you go now? Like there's times where I'm good where I go like once every five weeks and then there will be times okay. where I go like. Once every three months. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I feel so like, like every six weeks, I'm good. Yeah. You need to six, seven weeks just to get the report going. Like, all right, boom. Why do you keep saying report? Because it's like podcast. I'm telling jokes. You keep fucking stepping on it. And it's pissing me off. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. We have a look, we have a comedy show literally in fucking an hour right now. I literally go on stage in an hour <laughs> in an hour and ten minutes at the Hollywood Improv. So uh, if you feel us, feel and us actually, wrong, this is interrupting. We're stepping on everything right now. Mental, no mental health check or nothing. That's crazy. I am gonna have a little mini tour this spring. Ooh, okay, tour daddy. You know, maybe if you live in San Diego, maybe if you live in Washington D.C., maybe yeah. if you live in Phoenix, you gonna call it sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I think I'm gonna call it. We made it out the classroom. Ooh. Okay. Or just made it out the classroom. But anyway, okay. if you are listening to this, yeah. 
I need you to join my email list. Please do. I literally will only ever email you if you're coming if I'm coming to your city. And if Chicago show that I'm trying to get set up, maybe a certain Danny Sellers might be opening for me. Maybe. Anyway. Maybe not. We do have a comedy show soon. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to the mental health check, but I okay. So I I yeah, go you gotta, there. You gotta pull up. You gotta pull up a little bit more frequently than usual. And then and am I am I like uh hey, like I really like the way you cut my hair. My head belongs to you now. <laughs> I bequeath you <laughs> the golden scissors. <laughs> like do I get nasty. a gift? No, bro. You got a tip decently. I, I like the way and, you work my hair. That's why. That's how you get fired as a, a client. Band. You got to be on time. And you got to deal with the bullshit that's going to happen. He's going to be late. The, on the second or third time, he's not going to show up when your appointment is. Your appointment's at 9. He's not going to show up until 9.44 with no recollection of why you're there. Oh, you're, oh my fault, my friend. And then he's going to cut you up. Boom, boom, boom. I can say that. I'm Afro-Latina. You are not. Do you say Afro-Latina? Sure. I don't know. That's crazy. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> who, are you, who are you to say? Um, This is what happens when we don't have a lot to talk about. But my mental health this week. Okay. Let us get. Yeah. And listener, if this feels chaotic, I'm Danny's in charge of all the technical stuff. I'm in charge of the run of show. And... Look, I had my haircut. I went straight from my haircut to my first ever improv class. I signed up for improv. Oh, really? How is that going? Um, it was the first class. It was cool. It was cool. It was a cool little. You know, I I've always liked improv. Not to get too deep, but if you listen to this podcast, you know my mom just recently passed away a couple months yeah. ago. She always really wanted me to do improv, so uh-huh. kind of like a little homage to her. Can you say where you're doing it? At? Upright Systems Brigade, UCB. Fire. So, yeah, for those who don't know, UCB was, like, started by Amy Poehler of SNL and uh, many other things, fame, and Mm -hmm. New York. And you can just, anyone can take classes there. And it's a good vibe. I honestly just thought it was going to be all bros, but there's, like, a little mix of, you know. Yeah, I feel like improv is not, it's way less bros than stand-up, I feel like, in improv. Yeah, yeah, because there's actually, like, like, there's a mom in the class who's like, I'm here because since having my kid... Like, I don't have anything. Like, I, I, what? I was going to go somewhere super dark, but go ahead. Just okay. having my kid, I fucking. <laughs> I mean, but it's basically like she, yeah, like yeah. A, a wife and a mother. She was like, I, I want to start doing a couple things for, for me. For me, yeah, right. Oh, and so this, and I'm like, yeah. oh, that's yeah. amazing. Like, it's not just a bunch of people there to get famous. There are be like, oh, I just want to. Mm-hmm. My boss told me I would be better in meetings if I did this. So it is kind of like a cool yeah. little. And some people, I, so people don't know this, but the first time. I took a stand-up class at Second City mm-hmm. when I started stand-up. Same. Um, did you really? In Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think we talked about this. But yes, yeah, so anyway, I mean, classes are help. I mean, you got to get up on stage and, and especially stand-up is different than improv. Improv, you kind of need a class or you kind of have like to start in a class. Yeah, have to. But stand-up, you know, it still was like, it's like an open mic. It was no worse than the open mic here in LA. It's eight people in a room, you write and you get up and tell jokes. So it, yeah. was, it was helpful. Um, but that's tight. I mean, it, I, Oh, good. No, I'm saying it's tight. You're doing it. I mean, it was kind of funny because they asked everyone, like, the reason on why you're doing improv. And so people, oh, I just got out of the army. I just moved here. Or someone was like, you know, I work in documentaries, serious, but I want to start working in comedy. I figured that, you know, mm-hmm. it's all, like, good reasons. And I was like, yeah, I'm a stand-up comedian. I want to, like, be more present. And also, um, my mom just died, and I'm doing this on an honor of her. And it was kind of like, it wasn't Silence. like, a, it was just kind of like an awkward silence of, like, oh, for sure, for sure. Th- <laughs> thanks for being here. Yes, and? I also have to learn not to do stand-up jokes in an improv you learn that quick like punchlines do not work like the mm-hmm. point of improv is like flow yeah you gotta keep it like kind of yeah because you know I, <laughs> the momentum I, 
this is not a good joke, but that's a crowd work. Like you don't have to come up with a good punchline. You just have to come up with a quick punchline. Mm-hmm. We were doing a game where we were scientists who made a discovery. We were scientists on a panel who made mm-hmm. a discovery that part of the earth is hollow and mm-hmm. we we're going to be making a tunnel to get down there. And someone brought up tunneling down there and like, well, how are you going to do it? And I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news. Yeah. But the Jewish joints. There's, yeah, there's like there's tunnels in New York City that these like from a temple where these Jewish men have just like made tunnels to get around New York easier. Yeah. And so when someone's like, oh, how are you going to get to like the I was like, well, if we're tunneling, we're going to lean on the knowledge of the Hasidic Jewish population in Brooklyn. Yeah. And everyone just got so uncomfortable and it got really. Oh, quiet. that's annoying. Like, that was annoying. I was like, do you guys not? It's pop. It's happening yeah. in the news right now. Yeah, they're also improv people are sometimes different people too. And I think I'm trying to do stand-up punchlines, which don't work. They're just anyway, humans. Mental health check. Oh yeah. Our favorite segment that we usually start off with, because we're some mental health kings. I'm more mentally well adjusted than Danny, but um, okay, yeah. <laughs> you have a loving wife in the house. <laughs> you should. <laughs> uh, this is the part where Danny Fillers gives his uh, gives his mental health check. He gives a little, you know, how's his mental health doing? So take it away. What's up? How y'all doing? Dr. Dan here, Mr. Put That Shit On. My mental health this week feels like a nap on a Friday night. You know, you take a nap and it's like, this nap can either help me get out in the world or I'm going to wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and can't go back to sleep. Yep. That's how I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling really in between. Any given night, I feel really in between like, damn, I... Am I about to be out till three in the morning doing what I got to do to survive? Or am I going to be in the house watching The Equalizer 3? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, eating hummus. That's I, My life is two polar opposites. And I'm okay, I'm okay eating, with that. Eating hummus during The Equalizer 3 just sounds like you're either the most content person in the world or you need to, you need to be put on some sort of watch. <laughs> Bubba, mental health check. The first Bubba. <laughs> we need a Bubba counter. Yeah, this. Bubba counter. Yeah, that's that's my life right I, now for sure. You have such an influence in my life that I, in text, without acknowledging, I was texting one of the homies. I was like, I, I think I was like, you better believe it, Bubba. Well, and they were like, what? What did you just call me? And I was like, you know, a lot of naysayers. I was like, my black friend says it, yeah. so it's cool. My Afro Latina friend told I'm me this. Not, not Afro Latino. Um, uh, my mental wait, health is. Yeah, how are you feeling? Like, What's going on? I mean, I think it's like when people wear Adidas shoes with Nike socks. <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now. It's just like, why? But I got them scrunched up so you can barely tell. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to be Mr. Put That Stuff On. <laughs> I am, bro. It's cold outside. Yeah. I mean, don't wear Nike socks with Adidas. But you can barely tell, though. Where have them scrunched up? My my socks clash with my shoes. I just didn't even That's have That's crazy. Any, so. Speaking of the improv class, I'm, I'm in this play. If you're around, it might be sold out, but June, uh, June, January 20th and 21st, I'm about to play at the Broadwater. Pull up on me. It's like a four different mini plays. I'm in the last play. Yeah, you've been um, in your acting era. Desbian boys. Uh, and it's, I mean, look, bro. 2024. That's why you've been so into white women lately. <laughs> Hold on, but let me get it. I like, I love sisters still though. Shout out to my mean black ladies. It's still a team mean, mean black lady gang for sure. Yeah. So I, don't, I love that for you. Yeah, I'm just I'm just in my what it is what it is era. That's all it is. I respect that. I live in Think about it. Look, I'm going to say this and this is the last thing I'm going to say about dating probably for the next eight minutes. Living in LA, I'm going to holler at anybody, I like ladies, any ladies that are cool and, and are fun and I'm attracted to. Black, white, 
you know, whatever. It is what mm. it is. Afro-Latina, no, 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 that's what you like kind of a little bit. That's kind of my thing. Would you do that? Huh? Hmm? Saying Afro-Latina? I mean, I'm not saying you like it, but I feel like, you know. <sighs> Sam, yes and it. Damn. Oh, yeah. I learned about that today. I learned about that uh, You're just killing the momentum of my weak-ass jokes. Um, but no. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just in my what it is what it is era. And the thespian shit, it is, it is tight. Yeah. It's cool to like uh, get little different little nuggets and you're like affinity stone of Express things you can do. I feel like I did a lot of stand-up stuff last year. I did a lot of production stuff. And just like learning the acting thing and and doing plays is a whole nother thing. Cause you really got like the memorization of a play is very different than like a, a film or a short. Cause like we can do a quick scene back and forth and I'm like just give me the lines and you know we'll do a quick interaction back and forth unless it's like a monologue. Yeah. Like a play, you got to know ten minutes worth of shit and other people's shit because it's in the movements. Right. So it is, it is pretty cool to kind of learn that world and, and learn that whole thing. Um. So yeah, I don't know. It's think it's the year to like try stuff that will help your career outside of just what you're doing yeah i was talking to i was at a general last week and this person asked me like what do you want to like where do you see yourself in your career and i'm just like i felt kind of stupid saying it but in retrospect it's the reality of not only being a creator today but being a, a black creator too it's just like we have to kind of do everything to a degree. We honestly do. So, <laughs> but it really, even as a, even as a lot of you know, in general, just creators no, in general, but it, it's, it's heightened when you're a black creator. It's like okay, yeah, I need to be able to do really good at stand up if I'm a comedian. Then I need to be able to act a little bit if I want to get roles to to uh, support my comedy. You know what I'm saying? To to move tickets, grow my following, etc. In that meantime, as I'm starting up, I need to be able to cut my own shit because I can't afford for someone else to cut my stuff for me. Yeah. I need to be able to write and create my own sketches. Like you got to have to kind of do the whole flywheel. So I'm on this general. I'm like, honestly, like I want to be able to do everything at a high level. Maybe not on every single project because that is like diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. But I want to be able at a certain level at the peak of my success. If I'm just a cold-blooded director I'm not on the screen at all I want to be able to do that if I'm just acting in a role I want to be able to do that if I'm yeah. just doing stand-up doing specials I want to be able to do that so I think you doing the class me trying this stuff out you know from a play perspective is just like the modern creator or maybe specifically stand-up that you kind of have to do yeah amen I mean I think it's um, I think like you said if you if you try to overextend yourself it will be diminishing returns but like I think we've talked about this so many times on the podcast, but it's like, what is the right path? And there kind of is no right path. And so it's like, yeah. if I go signing up for this improv class, if I'm like, I'm taking this because this is what's going to get me to SNL, well, then I'm not going to get anything right. from it. But if I'm like, okay, let me show up, listen. It's in the right direction. Ma maybe make some friends, get more comfortable, get better. So, I have a, so. so that to that point, I have this theory. I, I don't know if you have a callback, but I have this theory that I've been thinking about. I have this theory that as a creator, yeah, you only have six uh, like masterpieces in you, at up to six masterpieces that you can create. Okay. So, like for instance, as a on that same front, if I'm saying I'm a multi hyphenate, say I put out, I can only put out like two to three fire specials before mm -hmm. diminishing returns, one or two movies before diminishing returns, and maybe one TV show before diminishing returns. Like after that, it's such a a fall off and some people like a Chappelle 
he had that crazy run with Netflix, and then like the the the, the trans joke stuff kind of happened. It was kind of like okay, this yeah, is, it wasn't that. It, it kind of fell off because it's like even the goat, you can only have so many. You you can yeah. only go so much at a certain point before it's diminishing returns of like it's still not better than the last shit. Whereas right. for a second it was getting better and better and better. Then it's like okay, dog, this is cool, but this ain't the heat, 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 heat. And like my theory kind of goes back to like a and this is kind of fucked up, but like Biggie and Tupac. If Tupac was still alive, he would be like Ice Cube. Probably yeah, he'd be like mainstream. And Ice Cube is respected, and he's a goat, and he's you know whatever, whatever, whatever. But we come when it comes to like rap and like who's the best and everybody put on the top five, top three greatest of all time is Tupac, Biggie, and damn near whoever else. And I feel like if 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 Ice Cube had passed away and no, not not wishing this on him, but I'm just saying it, like it it just I don't know. This is kind of sounds fucked up, and maybe the the Ice Cube part is not. You know what I'm saying? Kind of the recent. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Right. So it's so a recent on Mike. He said Eminem is another example. Like his first couple albums were amazing, and then after a while, you kind of it just this just diminishing. You can only you can only make so many magnum opuses before it's diminishing returns. Yeah, I was just having this conversation. I think like there's people with multiple Netflix specials, and like yeah. at that point, we've talked about this on the pod. At that point, it's just like capitalism. They're like, oh, you're popular now. It's like the first one probably. It's gonna be great. The second one might be good, and then after that, it's like you—you you either have to be a genius or wait a long time, like to because you can't just. Yeah. And it takes like ten years to get a great hour of comedy, usually. Right. It's so. the—it's the, also like the Drake effect in music to take it off of com- comedy. It's like now it's kind of like corny to like Drake, even though our generation kind of grew up on Drake. So I feel like we have a different relationship to Drake than like that most stuff interview. Yeah, that was exactly. That's exact. That's a prime example. The most deaf interview. This is interview most deaf. Um, one of the goats essentially was t- saying like the reporter asked most deaf uh do you is think Drake hip hop is Drake hip hop he was like it's kind of like walmart music like shopping music essentially yeah. and to a degree i think drake still makes fire but there's some truth to that cuz you've put out fucking 11 albums in 15 16 years you know what i'm saying like at a certain point even you, if you're the goat if you you're the, if, if you're that big you got to be a little bit bubblegum Sure, so, yeah. Like, and that to your point, like it's, yeah, so I feel you. And I think, you know, we all get into this, these things in this world with different intentions. So if you're Drake and say, I want to be the best, biggest, richest person in the world, he did it. And there's no shame to that game or, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like maybe it's a taste thing or your preference or like which where you see yourself creatively or what you need to f- to – Established that oh I was successful in this thing yeah versus some people was like yeah bro like Eddie Murphy like if Eddie Murphy kept doing stand up we would not look at Eddie Murphy the same way we look at Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. definitely and I, and that doesn't make him any more or less funny than he, he's a still a goat but if he put out three more specials one in fucking two thousand four another one in two thousand eight yeah. and one last year we'd be like damn like Raw was great. That's what makes Prince. Prince is like the stories about him is he would just like magically appear at a party and then yeah. disappear without saying goodbye. And it's just like the less yeah the less people know the mystery. I'm but like, it's man. scary though being in this town because it's like the money I mean, is. I, the, I don't know if I would do it differently necessarily if I got the opportunity to do all this stuff. I think the main worry is just get that one opportunity first and then worry about right, the yeah. rest of the stuff later. So. I'm not even close to getting the opportunity. But before we get out of here, it's a little just this is a little short little check in. 
This isn't really a callback, but calling back to our youth. We're both big sports guys. Big, 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 big. But we've chilled out, I feel like, being in being in entertainment. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're recording the podcast. We got shows tonight. Like, the NFL playoffs are going on as we speak. Yeah. Like, me as a kid would never imagine myself like, no, I'm not going to worry about, like, watching oh, those games. Bruh. When was the moment, and I feel like a lot of people, as you grow up, you have these realization. When was the moment you realized your sports fandom was a sickness? When I can't watch my teams if they're not winning. Yeah. During this past bingo season, I turned off at least four to five games in the middle of watching it. And like half of those, we came back and won because it was affecting my mood so much Yeah. on a Sunday afternoon that I could not watch it. Yeah. That's legit. Like, it. Cause yeah, when you're young, it's like you don't have as many as many negative things going on in your life. So it's like, oh my bingo, my team lost. Oh darn, you know, yeah. whatever. And now when like you, you need this, I need this little piece of hope t- as a release yeah. for the day. And when my team doesn't win, now my Sunday is also ruined. Right. Or like, or 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 what's even crazier is when there's like fights on. I'm a big boxing fan, a UFC fan too. Mm-hmm. So on Saturday night, like Saturday. Like in the fall, like Elon football is playing. I watch that like in the morning, mm-hmm. and then there might be like a fight on, like you know, somebody might be fighting UFC, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then uh, you know, another college game, a team that I might like, like Cincinnati might be playing. Yeah. And then on Sunday, UC's playing. So it's like the whole weekend. I'm like, my heart is like, did Elon win? Oh, we won. Yes. Oh, oh, somebody got knocked out that You're I just love. Going from uh, one sport thing to like, the next. Yeah. Thing. So it's just like it's five different opportunities for me to have a panic attack. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, like, I, I'm i still a huge sports fan, but, like, it's, like, you can't get into, you can't get really into sports without it becoming some sort of sickness. And people are going to be, yeah. like, well, that's a little, like, extreme. No, it's, but it's, like, I remember, I so, huge Pittsburgh sports fan. I, Pitt, University of Pittsburgh basketball was, like, I'd follow all the recruiting. Yeah. I'd follow everything. And they'd be, like, they used to be good back in the day. Like, March Madness, they'd always be, like, a top four seed, like, have some good guys good returning players, people like, maybe this is going to be the year. And they would always have a good regular season, not fall out in March Madness. I remember mm-hmm. one year, they're in the Elite Eight, so the quarterfinals, and they're winning the game. And it's like, yo, if they win this game, they're for like, they're going to the Final Four. They're having, they're, whatever. They're they're going to win the National Championship if they win this yeah. game. And at the buzzer, they let the Villanova guard go coast to coast, lay up mm-hmm. at the buzzer. I literally laid into my room in darkness for the next hour. Yeah. And my friend's like, are you coming out? And I said, I fine. Yeah. Fine. And I've dressed in all black. <laughs> like I literally, as if I was going yeah. to a funeral. Yeah. Just because a call, like a bunch of 19 to 22 year olds couldn't win yeah. a basketball game. No, that's crazy. And I put it on all black and I was like, hey guys, what's up? And they're like, you good? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then, and then I just, re- like the next day I was just like, yeah, I need to chill. I just can't. Yeah, and it's, and sports betting has only made it worse. Are you, are you a better? I'm not a better. No, at all. Honestly, here's what I'll say about sports betting: if that's what you like to do, go for it. I do. I've been, I've been to a casino before. I've played blackjack. I get the the fun in it. I've done fantasy. Yeah, and like playing fantasy football is a form. Like, I get that. I think it is so messed up that ESPN, who can like, is sports media now all of a sudden launched their own gambling site. That's crazy. Yes, yeah, because they can be like, oh, who are we're going to place the odds for who's going to make the college football playoffs, but then we're also kind of 
in charge. We have like a lot of influence on who yeah. actually makes it. Little, I think sport, a bit, yeah. I think that's like my one my one like old boomer take. I'm like sports gambling is gone too far and it's becoming so, too mainstream where it's it's gonna I think it's gonna get messy. I mean, there's not there's no going to about it. I think it already is. I I was in a group chat with my homies. This is the last thing I'll say on this about uh, the NIL shit with college. Yeah, like name kids. Yeah, the name, image, likeness. The kids can make money, which is great. It's dope. It's fire. I like it. But it also has just changed the way college, at least football, specifically because kids stay longer. Yeah. It's like these kids go to three, four different schools easily now. Mm-hmm. Whereas like back in, you know, just 10 years ago when I was in school, we were in school. To go to like two schools is like, oh, he transferred into this school. Like mm-hmm. and that's kind of unique. You know, yeah. like it would, you might have four to five guys on like a 100-person roster that was a scholarship guy somewhere else and like transferred down to like our level or transferred or whatever, whatever. Right. Maybe like eight, you know, really. But now it's like every year half the team was from a different school. You got kids that that commit and then they decommit if they get another deal. Like it's kind of like insane. And uh, I don't know. I feel like I might start locking NFL more than college now because like at least NFL, I know what it is and it's not going to change. Dude, college football is kind of – me and Max Castillo, who's been on the podcast, big Florida State guy, like they – a team goes undefeated and that does everything crazy. they can. And there's like, no, you don't get to make the playoffs. We don't think you're good enough. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, man, it's kind of. Shout out to, also shout out to Nick Saban. Blitz, Bama, blitz. Yeah, retiring. Oh, yeah, the go. Um, all right, we got to wrap this up because we literally got a show to get to. Honestly, I'm also, Danny has to go after me. Ah-ha-ha, that boy better, he better do his thing, boys, because I'm coming. We come with I'm going to walk the whole audience. What Prime said, we coming, dog. I'm, I'm going to do what Dave Chappelle did to Dan Cook. What Prime said, we coming, dog. I'm, I'm bringing Louis luggage. Should I do my Coach Prime impression? Yeah, that's it. I'm a well-respected football coach. Oh, they're going to do a black scent. Do a black scent. No, I'm not going to do a black Hey, dog, we coming, dog. Say that real quick. I'm definitely not going to say that in a black These darn Negroes say that. Let me hear your Joe Biden impression. I don't have a... I'm, I'm, every other fucking white man comedian does a Joe Biden impression is pissing me off. I, I don't do impressions I've at all. I've seen so many white men do... It's like the it's like the new Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, give it up, Bubba. Write yeah. some jokes. Also, shout out to the AI. AI getting these motherfuckers scared. Uh, like the George Carlin AI joint that came out. It was like Artificial hacky. It was like decently hacky jokes. You mother effers need to start writing jokes about your life and your real experiences and not weird, lame, observational stuff. Because AI can't write that. Yeah, AI can't write your own life. I like how you're saying this like the listeners to our podcast are other comedians. Yeah, no. Sorry, y'all. Hey, we're but, a little, it's a it's a cra- it's a crazy night. But it also affects we- you in other ways too, like movies or whatever, you know, stories, yeah. content, whatever it is. You know, AI is gonna it's gonna be here in, in certain ways, but it's not gonna replace us. If we are doing things creatively, Amen. All right. Um, do I even want? Do I even want to go into Danny's ism? You've been you've been crazy lately. You've been you've been having strong takes. You've been turn. You've been big mega church pastor vibes lately. Yeah, Creflo. Yeah, Creflo Dollar. So we usually like to end with Danny's ism, which is life lessons with Danny. This whole yeah. podcast is kind of, this episode's kind of been a life lesson with Danny. Yeah. Danny, what do you have for the people? Have you ever been swallowed? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what is that? TD Jakes, when you said pastor, I oh. thought, of, have you ever been swallowed? <laughs> I know who TD Jakes is, I'm unfamiliar with. 
<laughs> have you ever been swallowed up? Have you ever been? Is he talking about like it, like by the whale? Like where you're? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Like the yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just when that stuff came out about whatever. He, then that clip came out. It was funny. Listeners, would you like if we pivoted into just hard <laughs> biblical references? Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, the book of Clarence, go see the book of Clarence, black, white, and different religious or not. Go see that movie. That's a fire movie. With Lakeith Stanfield? Lakeith Stanfield. I saw it. It's fire. Your doppelganger? It is. Yeah, I know. Right? According to Shorty's at the club. Uh, go see Book of Clarence. It's what it's the it's exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to the content that we should be making that's gonna stand out. Um, my ism what was honestly it was like the is the six things. Um, the six you only have six masterpieces, but um, yeah, I don't know. Make stuff. Here's my life lesson. I did a little rant on IG about I don't like when I'm shoe shopping and I ask for a size and they, I'm like, hey, these are cool shoes. Can I get these in a 12? And they're just gone for however long they're gone for. And they come back like, I don't have it in a 12, but would a 10 and a half or 13 work? <laughs> no. no, that would not. That's not my I've had the same shoe size since I was 15. I know my shoe size. Yeah. And other people are commenting like, Oh, you just like, you don't accept it. I've just been, I had multiple people that said, Oh, I just try to make that shoe work. No. And you need to love yourself in more. this economy. I've only done that once and that was on accident because I thought that it, these, these, uh, those bacon Air Maxes, I got them in 13s. Yeah. yeah. And they're still cooking right now. I just uh, thought they were going to be a little bit smaller because I got some other Air Maxes that were like too small when I first right. got them, but they're still. 13s and I've been unworn but I did it on accident where I like it was I was probably like 20 years old and like oh let me try it on I'm like oh these actually kind of do mm -hmm. fit and I tried to wear them for a night and it didn't but anyway that's my life lesson is wear the don't don't accept don't accept the wrong shoe size the people out there love yourself yeah and that goes for women that goes for apartments that goes for work don't accept the wrong shoe size uh guys we love you this episode chaos mm -hmm. if you want a little more direction send us some more questions yeah, or just let us look cook. But 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 next week, you know, I'm gonna come with the structure. But uh, you guys also like us off the cuff. Danny's charming. Yeah, I'll probably edit that, all the weird stuff I said anyway. So that whole Stanley, if you watch that clip, our most watched clip, I didn't even tell Danny I was gonna say that, and he just Stephen A. Smith ranted his way into oh, gold. Yeah, yeah. So. shout out to Stephen A. too for coming at uh, Jason Thicklock's head. All right, we gotta go. Uh, we gotta get to the so show. Much. Drive home safe. One.